Welcome to the Sipsters Wine Podcast with Luke Whittall. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sipsters Wine Podcast, where I explore new ways to experience wine. My name is Luke Whittall, and I can be reached at sipsterswinepodcast at gmail.com or visit the website at sipsterswinepodcast.ca. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite player or consider giving it a five-star review. You can also support the show directly by donating to the show, which will really help me create more great content going forward. I really want to take the show to the next level, and your support would make all the difference. There will be a link in the show description and on the Sipsters website. This week, I am delighted to bring you an interview with Tanya MacArthur. Although Tanya is trained with WSET, she has developed a brilliant way to help you score wines that is accessible, but without pandering or dumbing anything down. She put it all in a book called High Five Wine Scoring System. Why this book is so utterly and quietly revolutionary, I think, is that it is very likely the only book in my collection now that doesn't try to explain to me what a good wine should taste like and why I should like it. Rather, this book explains why I like or don't like the wines that I taste. That's a subtle but very different philosophy that is based on letting people experience things for themselves and not trying to tell them what they should be experiencing. She grounds it all by explaining the critical elements of wine, such as acidity, sweetness, alcohol, tannin, etc., which will all help novice wine drinkers access this amazing world of wine. What I find truly brilliant about it is is that it is entirely scalable, and by that I mean that these new wine lovers will not outgrow this book. It will grow with them until they are confident appreciators of wine. I would also argue that seasoned wine tasters and professionals will also find it useful for noting wines that they taste, because all of the necessary elements are there, and they're really easy, uh, there for easy recall of each wine. You can just write it into the table of contents of the book yourself. Tanya hosts a High Five Wine Academy online every Wine Wednesday, where you can get personal coaching on the system. She runs a beautiful website at tanyamacarthur.com and is on Instagram at tanya.macarthur. All of those links will be in the show description. Talking with Tanya was like chatting with a new old friend, and I'm grateful that she had the time to meet up with me. Unfortunately, our recording location at the Beanery Cafe in Summerland was a little on the noisy side, so the auto quality is a little less than stellar for this podcast. My apologies for that. I hope it isn't too distracting for you when you listen. So here we go. Uh, The podcast with Tanya MacArthur. Enjoy. I'm doing really good. How are you? How's your How's your ice? What is it you have? You know what? It's a, a peach, a peach pit smoothie. It's delicious. That looks good. It looks good. Yeah, it's really nice. So, you have written a book. I have. You have. And tell me about the inspiration for this book. And it's a first of all, it's a beautiful book. Thank it you looks very much. Fantastic. I can't believe how lovely the cover looks and it matches all of your online it social does. media thing. It which is, sure which is does. Great. Thank you. Um, what 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 was the driving force behind this of uh, creating this? So there's a there's a few things. Um, 
the shorter version of the story is that I have been in the wine industry for a long time and I wanted to get back in as an entrepreneur again. I wanted to do something for myself. I wanted to get back into the education side of wine, which I'm really good at and I really enjoy. But I didn't want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing. I didn't want to talk about what Gewürztraminer tastes like or what Merlot tastes like. I wanted to find a new niche, something that I could, a gap that I could fill, so to speak. Yeah. And I couldn't think of what it was, but I knew I was, I knew I would figure it out. So I told my husband that I was going to, I was going to create content. I was going to write blogs every day. I was going to sit down and write about wine. Every day. Every day. And something was going to come to me. I just knew it. So this conversation happened when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter and I was very sick when I was pregnant with her. I had a really very rare, very serious pregnancy related disease that actually sent us to Vancouver for the last nine weeks of my pregnancy. We lived at the Ronald McDonald house. While we were there, I knew that I, I really needed to get some joy back into my life. If my daughter and I made it out of there and we came home and everything was good, I was, I was really wanting to focus back on not just teaching about wine, but studying it for myself again. So at the same time that I was writing these blogs and coming up with content, knowing that I would figure this thing out, I also started this document in our Google Drive. And my husband and I started tasting wine again. And we would write down all these wines that we were tasting and we would actually, for the first time in my 10-year career, keep track of the wines that we were tasting. And it eventually became this scoring system, and it was we were scoring wines out of five, and, and I was making jokes like, if Robert Parker can have a wine scoring system, then why can't I? And, and eventually it just evolved into this really fun thing that we did constantly. So it was, you know, after we moved back home to Kelowna, to West Kelowna, after my daughter was born and we could start drinking wine again, we really started tweaking this little system. And one day, we were just about to open this beautiful Viognier, I can't remember where from, and the light bulb went off. And I'd been writing all this content, trying to think of this thing that I wanted to come up with that I could put out into the world. And here I was, already having built it. So I stopped, I poured my husband a glass, I poured myself a glass, I took mine and I said, bye. <laughs> And I went, struck. and I it, creativity struck exactly. So I just got started. I I said, you know, what is a one out of five? What is a two out of five? What is it? And I just wrote the content, and it just just was flowing so smoothly that my book was written in three months. It was fast. Wow. So I needed to find a designer and an editor and get a beta group together. Um, and it was just really wild. So it really was, was a passion project. It was. It was. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought about that, that unique thing that I wanted to do, that, that education piece that I felt was missing. And I, I thought, I want to bridge the gap between wine drinker and wine expert. There's a, there's a, a lot of language that got lost in translation. And a lot of people... A lot of people get overwhelmed by the wine industry. They get overwhelmed coming to wine tastings. We live in wine country, right? So we see that a lot. We see people coming in to our wineries and and they're hearing the things that we say, but a lot of a lot of what we're saying is going right over their heads. And it's not their fault, it's ours. So I thought we can do a better job educating people in a really simple and fun way. 
And so now we have this book, High Five Wine Stories, to help do that. Wine is cloaked in lingo, and we're so used to that with doctors and mechanics. I mean, right. all these professions have a lot of, kind of a, a layer of lingo to some degree that kind of keeps people out. And that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, sometimes you need to be able to have that complexity in your language to be able to, to kind of communicate. But really, it's not always accessible. That's Wine should be accessible. That's right. You know? That's right. Oh, I think. I don't know. That's behind my books, too. That's fascinating. I think at the end of the day, if we can enjoy wine even more than we already do, then why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Right? So one of the things that I that I often heard from people when they were asking me for advice about wines, what what should I drink? I really I really don't like sharp wines. That always comes up. Sharp wines. What sharp? Interesting. And so I I you know that started this this conversation in my head about these structural elements of wine that we talk about uh, quite often. I've worked in wineries and I currently work in a winery and so I hear a lot of people you know talking about certain things that they're like I don't really understand what that means and so acidity was the first one that I really thought hey people people have questions about this they want to know why their wine is sharp but they don't really know what that means. So you've heard the word acidity, everybody's heard that word, but what does it taste like? What does it feel like? And so that's a big part of, of what I teach, is what you can expect from acidity. What are tannins? How do they show up on your palate? It's kind of, instead of learning about wine and becoming an, an expert about wine or having to worry about memorizing all of the grapes and what they should taste like, I'm teaching you to become the expert of your palate. That's like this is. I, I first saw your stuff on social media and it looked good and everything. And then it was like the way you explained it on social media was yeah. like, okay, I have, I have to. You have to be on this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because Thank you. You weren't doing the. You weren't doing the let me let me show you the keys to the kingdom kind of thing. Right. It was sort of like I'm going to teach you how to because which is basically the same thing as as you know traditional quote unquote wine education, which is that I will show you everything and you and I'll you know you just have to believe what I say. Right. And this is teaching someone how to how to taste for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Is, am I right? No, you're exactly right. Okay. You're exactly well, right. So I'm, I'm really glad. No, what did you do in the wine industry? Like you said, you're in the industry for a little while. What? what, what yeah. So I am. Uh, I'm the wine club manager at Indigenous World Winery. A little plug there for them. Uh, and I also had a company that I owned in Calgary before we moved out to the Okanagan. Uh, my maiden name is LeBlanc, so my company was LeBlanc et Rouge, and I hosted in-home wine tastings, which was just a hoot, and it was all by accident. Uh, I just started hosting wine tastings at home after uh, doing my WSET level one and two, and then people just started asking me to keep doing them, and then eventually in their homes instead of mine, and it, it just went from there. When we moved to the Okanagan, I did leave the business behind um, so that I could get into the industry a little bit differently here. Uh, so I started at Indigenous, and and I started up and, and run their wine club. It's been a lot of fun. But the one thing about working for a winery is that you kind of get stuck. You drink their wine, yeah. you love their wine, and you just you just get stuck. 
so the other inspiration for this book was to selfishly get me back into studying the world of wine and not just being stuck in West Kelowna or the Okanagan. So get unstuck, basically. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, what amazing. That happens a lot in the industry where you get, what we, I, I, I haven't heard the term in a while, but we call it seller palette sometimes, where you get used to wines or whatever winery that you're working in. And and that's that's really hard to climb out of, I find, because you, you suddenly you start to think, well, this Merlot that we make is what Merlot should taste like, right. and then therefore any other Merlot is not going to taste like that Merlot. And it's kind of the same thing that happens with you know early BC wine, where and early Ontario wine too, where you you know people would compare it to Burgundy. You know, well Burgundy is Pinot Noir, and you grow Pinot Noir in Kelowna or Mount Falls or wherever, and it doesn't taste like Burgundy, so therefore it's not good Pinot Noir. And it's like, well, no, it's not burgundy, of course. It's it's grown here. So, so this is this is a. Uh, 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 I'm just I'm just I'm kind of giddy about this thing <laughs> because it's like, yes, this is this is something that's that you know will hopefully help people explore and step I outside hope so. and that's, even outside of BC. That's what I'm really hoping. So this the second part to this book is that I also have this community that I'm building uh, on Facebook, and it's the same name as my book. So uh, high five wine scoring system, and every single Wednesday I host a Zoom call, a live call, where I score a wine live with you. So I'll put together a calendar at the beginning of the month and let everybody know what wines we're trying. And whoever wants to join the Zoom call and follow along can go grab their bottle and join us. And I walk you through how to use the system, and I walk you through and give you tips about how to smell your wine, what to look for for tannins, and all. We go through the whole system all together. And I found that to be really helpful, like you said, to get people out of their comfort zones. So, for example, in January we did uh, white wine blends from all over the world. And so I would just give you white Bordeaux. Go buy a white Bordeaux. Meet me here on this Wednesday. And so you can you can buy wines with your within your own budget. You can buy wines sometimes from anywhere in the world. This month we're doing Gewürztraminer all month long, so we're in the Okanagan, we're in France, and we're in Germany, which is really, really fun. It's cool for you to be able to, to get out of, you know, out of your box, too. I mean, I, sometimes we, like, we think we're not in box, and we're like, right. oh, I drink wine from everywhere. Yeah. Really, we, we, sometimes we don't, and no. it's hard to, in the industry, especially in the industry, I find I think so. I think so. It's you know, and we're we're not spoiled here in the Okanagan with with bigger wine stores where we can find a lot of wine from other worldly places. We really, really, really are such an interesting community. We love to support local, and it's it's almost the most important thing in the Okanagan, which I love and yeah. appreciate because yeah. it does build community, and yeah. we're, we love community here. And I think that that's something that coming from Calgary, a bigger city, that you miss. Um, but 
to that point, we also only consume our own wine for the most part. So it's hard to go. I, I went out to find some, some wine from Alsace, France just yesterday, and there was only two bottles on the shelf. And, you know, I get it. But, yeah, it can be really hard to get out and try some new wines when we only have such a limited amount of exposure to those wines here in Okinawa. Now, let me ask you, do, do people in Calgary, I've never lived in Alberta. Okay. Do people in Calgary, maybe Edmonton too, you yeah, know, you can, can answer for that, but do wine lovers there kind of claim the Okanagan as sort of their, as a local, as a local, like is that their local wine? Like, do they feel that kind of attachment to the Okanagan that way? I've always been, I'm just, this is just more of a curiosity. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, though. No, I think, like I don't think so. We get, I mean, when if you went into a bigger liquor store in Calgary, I just think that there's, there's no real emphasis on anything. Uh, in Alberta, necessarily. There's, for wine, yeah, you just you walk in and you need to kind of know where you're going. It's much more intimidating because wine stores are quite large um, in Calgary, and so moving here, yeah, it was very difficult to find. We have Wine and Beyond now in Kelowna, but besides that, it's quite tricky. And of course, we here in the Okanagan, we emphasize BC wines. We have, right, it's always a big emphasis. We're so proud uh, to be wine country, so to speak. But no, I, I don't think in Alberta that there's an emphasis on, on BC no. wines per se. There's no, there's not, I won't say favoritism, but there's not a sort of uh, appreciation of it as a local, as like, that's our local wine, and then Bordeaux is not our local wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't no? think okay. so. I've always been curious about that. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, a customer mentioned that to me once, and I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. So I just wanted to kind of, like, see, but, uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, so... Tell me about the high five. Like why five? Why not seven? <laughs> well, so back to my, my point earlier about how if Robert Parker can have his own wine crisis and then why can't I? Yeah. I thought, well, it can't be out of 100 because that's going to take us forever to figure out what a 67 is yeah. versus a 79. Wow. And so let's just keep it simple. And let's just let's just do five. Uh, and then it just sort of evolved from there, and it works. It's simple, it's easy, all of the explanations are really fun. Like a three out of a five is a wine you wouldn't kick out of bed. Nice. <laughs> right? Everybody's going to remember that. <laughs> and then, of course, a five is a high five. And so I give you little tricks, like a, a four. So what's the difference between a four out of five or a, or a three out of five? Well, a three out of a five is something that you're like, you know what, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. The price point's really good. Okay, I would buy this again. I wouldn't kick this out of bed. And a four out of five is when you try... I'm going to use Viognier always as my example. It's one of my favorite wines. I love Viognier. And so if it's a four out of five, it's checking all the boxes. There's nothing missing. It's everything about a Viognier that you really appreciate and that you really like. It's not the best Viognier you've ever had. Right. You can remember other ones that might have Right. Oh, that other one, though, was real good. Yeah. yeah. But this one, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing you can... Yeah. And you'd go and buy a case of it. A three out of a five. You might pick up once or twice. Oh, you know, we're going to go to that barbecue or that pool party. But we can yeah. we can pick up a couple bottles of that. It's it's inexpensive or it's in our budget. It's, it's a three out of a five. It'll do. Yeah. And a two out of five is like, well, that's a presence for the in-laws. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> a two out of a five is something that you can appreciate, but just doesn't work for you. Might not be for you. It's just not for you. Yeah. It's not drinkable. It's not something that you would have another glass of. Maybe you would dump the rest of the bottle down the drain. <laughs> I have so far, only ever since I've uh, established this High Five Wine Spring system, I've only ever dumped one bottle down the drain. So we're doing good so far. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so have you found that when you're doing your community, you do that every Wednesday? Right? Yes. Yeah. So when you when you are doing those discussions, do you find there's there's some unanimity between yours, what you're scoring and what other people are scoring for the same wines? Do you find there's some consensus uh, about some of that? Is it is it sort of something that, that is, uh, you know, that you've got, that you've got some similarities or are, there, are you finding there's some wild discrepancies? Right? Mm -hmm. So you're meaning in terms of if somebody shows up with the same wine that yeah. I have? Okay, yeah. so that does actually happen, which is very surprising, but it does happen where people yeah. show up with the same wines as me. And if that happens, then I hold back. I'm the last to, to chat about what I think about the wine and I always let everybody else have the floor first. So it's, it's, a, it's a discussion and we kind of, I walk everybody through through what we're doing um, and coach everybody through the workbook pages um, and then I'll call in somebody to, to start the conversation. So I try not to influence so you're anybody's coaching but not leading. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And it's something that I learned working in wineries, right? You don't really want to, some people want to show up and they want you to tell them everything, but other people will show up and, and they want to explore. They want to learn. They're taking this as an opportunity to learn a little bit about wine. Yeah. So rather than give everybody all the answers. They like to just get everybody cozy and then let them take off. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is like... It's working well. Is it? Okay, good. So you've been, so you've been able to do this every Wednesday then? How long have you been doing it? Since last May. So uh, we launched the book and High Five Wine Academy on my birthday, May 25th, which also happens to be National Wine Day. <laughs> and it was also a Wednesday, which is Wine Wednesday, of course, as we know. Uh, so it just worked out. <laughs> yeah, I think I've missed one Wednesday, which I couldn't have avoided. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we've been going strong. How many people are taking part in any given Wednesday? There's usually a couple of us. There's at least a handful of us. Um, and then every once in a while we get some, some new people popping on, which is really great. Yeah, I, I would love for that community to grow, but you know what? It's, it is what it is for now. Yeah. Um, but I'm really looking forward to yeah, having a, a couple more people pop on here and there. Yeah. So the book is available in lots of places or online? It is. Uh, so my my big hairy audacious goal is to have my book available in as many wineries in the Okanagan as possible. Uh, currently I'm in three wineries. Of course, Indigenous World Winery has picked up my book on the West Side Wine Trail. Uh, Chow Bella, also in West Kelowna. And then my most recent uh, winery is Joyride in Oliver, which is at the District Wine Village. So other than uh, locally, you can find my book on Amazon Worldwide, and I just got my book into Barnes & Noble, which is wow. really cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Is that going to be just in Canada or North America? Do you know what? It's uh, it's in the States so far. Um, I haven't seen anything in Canada, but I'm always keeping 
keeping my eye out. <laughs> might be a bigger market in the states. It might be a bigger market Just in the states. Bit. Well, and it's you know other than Amazon, that's I didn't really have anything else for for my folks in the states anywhere else for them to find my books. So so Barnes and Noble picking it up, yeah, it was a big it's deal. A big deal, yeah. 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 All in my first year. I'm really pumped about it. Yeah. I didn't expect Barnes and Noble. Not yet. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm pumped about that. Fantastic. So, uh, if people want to join your group, how do they go about doing that? So, if you find me on Instagram, um, Tanya.MacArthur is how to find me there. Uh, and I have all of my links in my bio. So, otherwise, if you're not on Facebook, um, that's the best place for you to, to find all of my information. Uh, you can go to my website, TanyaMacArthur.com, or um, straight to Facebook. The group is called High Five Wine Scoring System. So, same title as Book. Yeah. Pretty easy to find. It's pretty easy to find. Yep. You just have to agree to the rules, which is just the regular stuff, and then you're in like Lynn. <laughs> it's a Zoom call? Yep. So we live stream them into the Facebook group for people who can't make it. It's yeah. it's when every Wednesday night at 5.30 Pacific time. So that's kind of a walkie time. Um, I understand for a lot of people um, that they can't make it. Uh, maybe you have kids or maybe you're just getting off work or what have you. So we live stream into that Facebook group so that you can catch the replay whenever works for you. This is fantastic. It's a beautiful looking book. It's a wonderful uh, website experience. I mean, you really got everything down. This is really, I'm super excited about this. Thank you. I'm really proud. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to say about your book mm. before I ask my final your question? Your final question. I just want, I want people's experience to be really positive. And I think one of the most important things that I tell people when I'm coaching them is that there are no wrong answers when it comes to wine. Wine is subjective. And the whole point of the High Five Wine Scoring System is to help you figure out what you like and what you don't like and why, so that you can have a better experience enjoying better wines all the time moving forward. Now, with every guest that I have on the podcast, I always ask them to come up with a big question, something that they would ask the sipsters who are listening. Mm. And some of the sipsters also work for wineries, and if mm. the wineries want to, uh, you know, take this book in their in their wine shop, that would be uh, a good thing to do. You can contact me, and I'll pass along your information. But if you wanted to have a question that you asked of the sipsters, a big question. What is it that you would ask? And I always get the sipsters to write to me at sipsterswinepodcast at gmail.com and with their responses to the answer, and I will forward all of the responses that I get to you. <laughs> so, do you have a big question for our sisters? Open ended, anything you want, blue sky, kind of question. I think that, oh gosh, you've really put me on the spot here, Luke. Um, well, the microphone's right in front of you. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I think in terms of my, my goal for, for people um, who want to learn more about wine, I would, I would need to ask a question to get more clarity about what people are looking for. So my question is, what are some of the most frustrating things about drinking wine? What frustrates you about wine? How can I help you? That's fantastic. Okay. 
Great. <laughs> Great. So send your email, uh, send your answers to that question uh, to sipsterswinepodcast at gmail.com and I will, like I said, I'll forward everything on to you. Sounds great. Right, Thank you so much, Tony. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sipsters Wine Podcast. Go to Sipsters online at sipsterswinepodcast.ca.